Welcome to Crystallizing Conversations. Join your hosts, Jillian Aurelia Green and Iris Unique as we explore the tools, pathways, and possibilities for healing and expansion. Through the warmth of easy conversation, we'll be delving into magic, mental health, and more. This is your time to learn about yourself, each other, and of course, the crystals that support us along the way. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community of your closest spiritual friends. Let's grow together. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. We had a little bit of a hiatus over the last couple months um, as both Iris and I had a lot of fun things and a lot of interesting and intense things happening. Um, but we are so excited to be back, and I am so excited to be able to introduce a dear friend of mine. Uh, this episode, we are actually going to be talking about entrepreneurship, um, specifically female entrepreneurship. And just a really quick note before we go into introductions and everything, um, all three of us, at least as far as I know, and we've most recently checked in, are female identified. So, you know, we're going to be speaking from our own experiences, but I personally think a lot of this will extend to really enter any gender identity. So don't, you know, be put off by the fact that I'm saying female entrepreneurship. Um, but for this episode, we are so grateful to have my dear friend, Layla, uh, who is just an absolute beautiful soul that I have had the pleasure of knowing. I think, gosh, it's been like five years, six years, mm-hmm. five years, something, something like that. Like that. Like half a decade just makes it feel very epic. Um, and Layla is a personal growth guide who is mastered in intuitive channeling, uh, light language, amazing light language singing, subconscious reprogramming, Western astrology, Vedic astrology, human design, and self-inquiry work. And so she beautifully blends these unique gifts and modalities that she's learned over the years, and some of which we've learned together, which is really cool. Um, and she offers a one-of-a-kind spiritual practical approach to personal growth, healing, and helping clients tap into their own inner abilities and unlock their full potential. I love your bio. It just like makes me smile. Because I also know like I've experienced this with you. So like I'm like, yeah, you do all these things and it's so amazing. So I'm so happy to to have you here. Um, We actually met, right, like five, five, six years ago in in a program that was specifically geared towards like entrepreneurship for light workers. So I feel like this is a very full, full circle mm-hmm. conversation, mm-hmm. Um, which ended up not really being aligned for either of us. And I think that's, it's, I think the disempowering and kind of really rigid nature of that program is actually what we kind of bonded over you and I were the two young ones. Like most of the people in the program were older. They were people who had like lived nine to five lives and now they wanted to shift because, you know, they were, their abilities were coming online. They were starting their awakening journey and they wanted to be of service. Um, but they didn't know how to get that. So they were still kind of really in this, this mainframe of like what the, you know, that, that rigidity of nine to five. And they're like, okay, I will find that, but just but with people are talking about spiritual things instead of like whatever they were doing in their, in their former life. And you and I were like the two millennials that were like, um, I don't know about this. This is not feeling, this is not feeling empowering in any way. Um, but I think, you know, and we've talked about this, that we often live through the lessons that we're meant to hear, you know, we're meant to really 
teach, right? Because how else, how else can you learn them? And I know when you joined, you just left college. You had just started channeling. You had these like gifts. You're like, I don't really know what to do. And you were really looking outside of yourself for guidance on how to process and actualize your gifts. So I'm really curious, like how does your empowerment journey parallel what you see clients coming to you for? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much just for that awesome introduction. I'm really (laughs) happy to be here. And uh, yeah, you know, when I was first starting my journey, I mean, you have to understand, I, you know, these gifts and this awakening that happened to me, and I say it in that way on purpose, because it literally felt like it fell into my lap one day. And it was so funny, because I remember being a sophomore in college at the time, and I was studying acting and playwriting, and I was literally writing a play about what I was going through, which was, you know, my dad was going through a series of, of like health problems. And, um, my mom was trying to like, I guess in, in my perception, try to process what was happening to her. And she was like reading about aliens and interdimensional beings and conspiracies. And I was like, (laughs) what you are going crazy. And I wrote a play literally trying to process what was happening and and seeing my mom through my eyes, like she's going crazy. And that's so healthy of you, by the way, like, (laughs) you know, I I really did. I really did try to, you know, but, but in the end, you know, it's so funny because like five months later there, I was channeling the beings from Andromeda who were telling us that in between the years of 2019 and 2024 would be having this big, you know, change of events happening. And, and I, I almost, I couldn't believe it. Right. So I just want to preface it in the fact that I did not come into this field or into this work because it was my desire to. It just kind of fell into my lap. And since then, I think being someone who never had a real desire to go into coaching or, you know, um, personal development. I have a little bit of a different understanding of, of this world and also what I can see needs to be changed in this, in this niche. Because let's be honest, you know, the fields of, of spiritual development, uh, personal growth, they're unregulated to some extent, right? Yeah. And, and I think it's so beautiful that we see so many people who are having these awakenings, right? Um, some of them even through, you know, plant medicine, which is, you know, a story for another time. But, but the point is, is everyone's seeming to having these like awakening experiences, which is awesome. Um, and I think it really is a sign that we are raising in our consciousness and it happened to me, right? It it, like is happening everywhere. And I think that's so beautiful because I think it's a sign of our potential and, and what we can manifest and create on this earth in this lifetime. But, um, within that it's very unregulated and and i don't mean to say that in a you know a you know a what's the word i'm looking for like a fear based way right um, yeah it's just the reality like there's, there's some there's some good things about the fact it's unregulated there can be a lot of experimentation and exploration yes, there could be yes. fun and there could be play but on the other hand if egos are involved it can it can become dangerous So it really depends on the energy behind it. Yes. And I think, you know, kind of like you said, like I dropped out of college because I soon realized, wow, this degree that I'm working towards really means nothing to me. And it did serve a purpose. You know, I Mm -hmm. think all these 
these things that we go through in life serve a purpose. And, and personally as a soul, like I really feel like I haven't been on earth before as like experiencing life is like on the surface of the earth. So, you know, acting played a purpose for me. It allowed me to get into different roles and understand different characters and different life experience in order for me to be somewhat relatable and understanding the human story. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So it served a purpose. It just Mm -hmm. wasn't supposed to be like, I'm supposed to be on Saturday your Night career, Live. Yeah, like, your yeah. career yeah. path. Exactly. And, and, you know, and that doesn't mean that it doesn't help me in other ways. Oh, you know, that has given me like such an understanding of, of the human story in a lot of ways. Um, and I use that with the work that I do now. But, you know, being young and, and not having someone who understood even what I was going through. I mean, my mom, like, grew up listening to Abraham Hicks and here she was having her very own like (laughs) Esther Hicks, you know what I mean? (laughs) To just ask questions whenever she wanted. But for me, I think I was struggling in the sense of like, I don't know where, how, how to do this. I don't know how to put this out into the world. I was still on some level, very shocked that this is something that I was experiencing. And, and so, you know, Jillian and I had gone into the same like lightworker program. And I think, for me, there was an element of definitely looking outside of myself because um, it was this feeling of other people saw the potential of what I what I had, mm. right? And what was coming through me. And I was a little bit naive in the sense of I saw through them and through their approval mm-hmm. my own potential. And I thought, well, if they're seeing it through me, then, then they are the ones that are here to help me, you know, become it. And, you know, I look back on that time and it, it did take me like about a year or so to really process everything that had happened. Mm -hmm. Um, but I look back on it now with a lot of gratitude because I see so much of it in terms of like, what it gave me. Right. And, and I see that, you know, sometimes you have to go through the struggle itself in order to realize, Oh my God, I know what it feels like. So I'm going to make sure that no one that wants to work with me ever feels that way. And, and, and that's the kind of empowering thing. It's like you learn through your own suffering sometimes. Right. And and life kind of knocks you about (laughs) and exactly. And you learn that way. And, and that's what it did for me. And it gave me you know, it gave me the possibility to see that my light language could be music, you know, and, and, um, and so many things, it, it allowed me to see the potential of what was possible for me. But again, I think, you know, being young and being, um, naive, I was, I was so willing to just give my power away, um, mm-hmm. because I thought that was my power. Do you you know what I mean? Like, I thought that my power was only seen through what others could approve of me. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful, a reflection. And I, I, watching you go through it, because we, you know, we've had multiple conversations as you were processing this, um, as we both were processing it, although in different ways. And, and I just... As your friend, it's really exciting to hear you talk about it now with such, with such gratitude, but also with such clarity, mm-hmm. because 
because it was like, it, it is really amazing to have someone recognize you and recognize what you have to offer you being like, you know, the colloquial you, but also you individually. And, but I think that this happens a lot where someone recognizes a gift that you don't really feel comfortable in, in embodying yet. And so then they feel like they have the, like, that is theirs to control, that they're the ones who get to mold it, that they're the ones who get to decide what you do with it when it's your ability and it's your gift. And it's something that your soul chose to be able to offer in this lifetime. And so what you do with it is completely and utterly up to you Mm -hmm. and how empowering that is. And again, Mm -hmm. it allows room for play of like being able to experiment. I know because you're one, three, right? Mm -hmm. Human design, right? So like, playing and experimenting and trying different things and seeing what works. And like, actually, I really don't like doing it like that. All right, I'm going to try something different. As opposed to someone telling you what it is that you're here to do and telling you what you're supposed to choose and how your gifts are supposed to present. And I think this is, you know, besides spiritual entrepreneurship, this is something that society as a whole, we go through school, right? That's like rigidly like, this is how you're supposed to learn. And this is how you're supposed to succeed. And this is how you're supposed to excel. And it's, it's such a beautiful reflection on like how that system doesn't actually serve anyone mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, cause even someone like, like myself, like I actually really excelled in school. I did very well. I was top of my classes. Like I liked the structure that did like whatever it was, it did really, really well for me. But now as an adult, I'm looking back and it's like, oh God, like my perfectionism is terrifying <laughs> and something that I've definitely been working on for the last couple of years, but it still crops up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, right now I'm writing a book, it's being published and like, that's very exciting, but oh my God, like every single word I write, I'm like, is this the right word? I don't know if this is the right word. And so it served me and I excelled and I succeeded within that, within that frame that society has put in, but it actually didn't serve me. It didn't actually enable me to be like fully embodied with my talents and with my skills and with the things that I love doing. Instead, it just recognized the things that it thought I should succeed at. And so... Yeah, definitely. And I think you're pointing to something larger here, which is, you know, there are things put in place that have been going on on the planet for so long. And we're only just starting to question if those systems really work, you know, and who are they serving? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think we can all feel that on some level, whether it's, you know, how we were raised or how we were taught was okay, right? And like acceptable. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to be a woman? And all of <laughs> these things, you know, we're really, we're really getting a chance to question it, which I think again is like, you know, it's, it's, it can feel kind of like, really, we're in 2023 and we're like still scratching the surface on this. And it's, it's like, uh, yes, it can feel kind of tiring and exhausting in that way. But also, wow, finally, you know, Mm -hmm. finally, we're getting to have a conversation about it and talk about it and really dismantle these like matrix programs that were seated in an old, um, dimension in an old consciousness that doesn't match to who we're becoming. And, and like I say, I I think it's so amazing that we're getting the chance to even talk about it because it's a sign that we as a collective are starting to raise 
in our consciousness, which I think is, you know, if we can look at it from that frame of mind, it Mm -hmm. gets easier to kind of move through because we're like, okay, no, now we're the fact that we get to have a conversation about it, get our, get our hands dirty. And, and, you know, that's the other thing is like, I look at the way conversations are being had now and it's like, oh, there's so much polarity. <laughs> That's another like matrix program. Like there is a right and there is a wrong and the rise of cancel culture and censorship and all of these things. It's like, what about nuance? What about just exploring and experimenting with different perspectives in, you know, in a form of a conversation, um, instead of getting so easily reactive and so mm-hmm. easily triggered or so easily defensive. Right. And, and, and I think all of these things, you know, if anything, all of these programs, right, they're outside, but when we adhere to them, they show up in us. So, you know, and we all do that in our microcosmic ways. Right. So for me, and probably, I don't want to speak on behalf of you, Jillian, but <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say for both of us leaving mm-hmm. that program was in a microcosmic way, taking our power back when it came to our gifts and how we want to show up as entrepreneurs in this space. And, mm-hmm. and, and also like whether that's, you know, understanding the framework that it gave you with, with education, but this perfectionism, right? Like that's, that's another program that through your own, um, process through it and accepting it, right. And, and integrating it and realizing, oh my God, that's not even a, that's an illusion, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's an illusion. And the world is so perfectly imperfect and yet everything works in a divine orchestration that we can't even plan because of that mm-hmm. imperfection. So I think it's the real seed here is that we all have the power to, to change and it's through our microcosmic experiences that we do that. And then we experience it collectively. I'm curious because I know, I know you're still doing a lot of channeling, right? And so the themes that you, that you shared with us in the pre-meet specifically and like what we're now naturally talking about anyways, um, is that fundamental shift that's happening in the microcosm and the macrocosm within the collective, but especially in the spiritual sector, right? In, in particular, mm-hmm. like the mentalities and the beliefs um, that now everyone is questioning and these gifts are coming online and spiritual entrepreneurship, especially for women. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really curious if you could share a bit about what, what you're seeing in this particular frame, right? Right. So like what you're seeing, um, in terms of how is the old framework still playing out within the spiritual sector? Like we're clearly like spiritual entrepreneurs are literally about like leaving the old framework behind. And yet this old framework still keeps happening. So I'd love Mm -hmm. to hear a bit about like your perspective on that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, when we literally think of creating something out of nothing, it's kind of difficult for, for <laughs> humans to do <laughs> because just based off of like where we're at collectively, I think we're still kind of safe in the old ways of doing things. And it gives us a kind of foundation. We don't like it, but it gives <laughs> us a foundation of like, yeah. I don't like it, but I know what it is. And because right. I know uh, what it is, it makes me feel safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I know what it is. It makes me feel safe, which is understandable because we're all like that when we start to like move through change to create something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one thing is for sure, which is, you know, we've seen 
in the spiritual wellness industry, there's mm-hmm. a lot of like, I don't even want to call it just spiritual wellness industry because it's, it's in things like, um, you know, being like a women identified business owner, like entrepreneur, right? Like mm-hmm. all of these things, it's, it's everywhere where we're trying to get like something that was done in an old grid, right. And try to implement it into a space that is so ripe for just creating something new. But because we're still in many ways operating in the old grid, collectively speaking, like money's still a thing, taxes are still a thing, you know, we still kind of exist in the world. We can't deny it, but it's about how are we doing it and how are we implementing some of those structures into this new paradigm Mm -hmm. that I think we need to look at. And, And one of those things that I see is, you know, the conversation around pricing things, right. Or, or even like having a spiritual business and, and like having an exchange of money for that offering. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, this was something that I actually saw in the program that Jillian and I, and I were in where we had to like offer, (laughs) you know, practice, they were called practice sessions Mm -hmm. to everyone else that was in that group. I hated doing them. And, and I mean, I would do that, but I was also like working part time because like money is a thing, right? right? But it would take away a lot of my energy. And, and I was starting to notice, okay, so would this change if I showed up differently in a different way? Yes, I would like to actually be compensated for the energy I'm putting out. Even owning that mm-hmm. is such a co- internal conversation that shouldn't be happening. But I, I don't think it's just limited to me. I think it's, it's, you know, it really speaks to everyone that's in this space. And you don't even have to be in, in the, in the spiritual entrepreneurship space, but, when you're coming out and making something your own, like making something yourself, it's your own creation. It's, it has your energy in it. It's time and energy for you. It's natural to want to feel there's some sort of energetic exchange in that. And for me, what was coming up is I was actually feeling my energy feel very depleted after these sessions, which made me feel very bitter. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know why. Because I was like, at the end, there's an end game to this. Like, I'm going to have this brand and I'm going to... And I started to ask myself, is that even what I want? Like, do I even want it in that way? You know, why does my brand have to be like three adjectives? Why can't it just be like how I show up? <laughs> do you remember really that, Jillian? It? Yes. Oh my God. Yes, I do. I don't even think I... I don't think... I'm also like, I'm a manifestor Gemini. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to pick three words. No. I don't have three words. I have like... An infinite amount of words. It depends on the day. I don't know. It depends on the day, the hour. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> We're multidimensional beings. Right? Three words. Three words. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. Okay. So, so, but like, I would see it in that way and I would say to myself, okay, so there are things that are happening here that are not true to me, but I'm being told this is the way to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so when I started to like extract myself and actually close the the doors and be like, Hey, I just don't think this is for me anymore. I felt a complete kind of reset in my energy. And as I, you know, there was, again, no one was helping me, but I was like, you know, I've had enough practice time. It did give me what I was looking for, which was to some extent validation that what I was experiencing, you know, I wasn't going crazy and that, that I was experiencing something real and authentic. And, and, you know, you start going out there and I started doing things donation based, but again, I felt my energy kind of tank again. 
Um, and then I was attracting a different type of people mm-hmm. when I would offer things donation based. So I was finding that people were firstly going through really intense things that I knew a session with me could not solve. And I wasn't at the time open to, I was just channeling really. I was channeling and doing light language activations and there was things that I couldn't do to help them because they needed another tool or they needed more assistance. And, and so I was feeling that I was attracting the types of people that I particularly were not here to serve. Mm. And I felt bad because here they were coming to me with these really like dire situations. And I was like, I'm so, I like, I felt horrible because I couldn't help them. And, and then I, even though you're giving a donation base, you're just like, (laughs) I can give you, but it's not what you need. That's got to also have an effect on your emotional well being. which it's like, no wonder you felt drained. Not only are they taking from you, but it's not enough. Like I can only imagine that feeling. Oh, yeah. And I think, Iris, you're speaking to something else there, which is we're taught. And, and this has been the, the thing that is also part of the matrix-based programming is whenever we offer something that is outside of the realm of what the matrix says is okay and acceptable, like spirituality, right? We're not, mm-hmm. We don't really talk about it in society. It's considered this woo-woo thing. It's not even really integrated yet in, in modern-day society. If we are to give something in that, in that space, we shouldn't charge for it. Yeah, what we shouldn't is that charge about? for it. <laughs> and 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 I kept so hearing crazy. this. And and after I was like, okay, I'll do things donation based. And then I started charging, but very very low. And again, I would not. Firstly, I would feel that my offering wouldn't have the power that I know was possible for it. And secondly, they again, were not the types of people that I was here to serve. And I was actually finding their energy kind of little vampiric, you know, they were, they were mm-hmm. like vampires a little bit, just kind of like constantly reaching out to me, like saying, I saw you in my dream and like oh, trying God. to, yes. And like trying to like Ooh. kind of siphon my energy a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, okay, things need to change. And, and again, I think all of this work starts internal, right? Like 100%. I said, from the beginning, yeah. we are the microcosm of the macrocosm. And I was yet to see someone in, in my fields that was doing something similar to what I was doing, um, charging for something that I thought that's good. Like that, that feels good to you. Cause that I, you know, you feel it when you pay someone, you're like, yeah, that feels, yeah, that's mm-hmm. an energetic match for sure. Right. And, and once I started doing that, I saw my energy start to raise a little bit more. The people that I were, was attracting to work with me, they were the ones that I was exactly supposed to work with. And they felt the power and the shift from my offering. And so I started to feel, okay, maybe there is something here to this, right? Maybe there's something here to having a specific monetary amount, right? That someone pays and that you receive in order to get the energy exchange that's necessary. Mm -hmm. So not just me getting money, but also them getting the effects of what it feels like to give something and receive something Mm -hmm. and that they're worthy of receiving that. Right. Cause I still, I mean, I still have people to this day and my offerings have changed so much. So I don't just offer just channeling anymore because I'm like, there's people that need many different types of things. So, so, you know, you, we might get on, get on a call and based off of what you want, what you're going through, what you want to work on, 
We might look at your transits astrologically. We might do some subconscious reprogramming, maybe it's some belief systems that are really stuck. Maybe we look at your human design to understand how you're designed to operate. Um, and then maybe we do some channeling, you know? So it's like I kind of mix and meld my gifts. So it's a very different model than what I started with as well. Um, but you're only supposed all to do to three say, things, remember? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My what do you mean, multi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think when I started, I think when I started, okay, I'm going to charge an amount that feels good to me. And, you know, no one talks about how weird that feels, especially when you've been told, you know, spiritual people aren't supposed to charge for anything. It's all supposed to be donation based. Like you can't charge for this work. It's service based service. Like the word service has so much loaded in it that as if we're supposed to be doing it for free because it's a service, um, which I'm sorry, nothing is ever free, no, like, especially in the world that we operate in. Right. You know, there, but there is some level of take to it. So if it's not money, my energy is getting depleted, right? It's right. not free. How do I replenish that? And so I think once I set that standard for myself, I started actually helping, not only helping, but meeting and attracting the people I was here to work with and serve. And also getting that feedback back from them of like, the change and transformation and the clarity that they had. And, and I think this is the piece that we're missing. Like if you're, you know, in the spiritual entrepreneurship space and, and maybe even if you're not, but you want to create something and you're worried about how do I charge for it? How do I, how do I pay for it? There, there are programs there sometimes that aren't even ours. But we choose to be in the spaces, right? You choose to create something. And in order to create it, you're going to need to give it. It's about what do you want to receive in return? Mm -hmm. And that's where you have to look at all those ancestral beliefs, all of those society-based mm -hmm. matrix programs that we kind of inherited as a result of being incarnated at a, as a human at this time on the planet. You know, we all have to do our work in that way, but I find it so, so powerful when I see someone who is actually like honoring themselves whether that's through how much they charge or whether that's through how often they work, you know, whatever it is in alignment with what feels good for them. And I see how that little microcosmic experience is helping to transform the space again and again and again. So that just makes me really happy. I think too, um, or I just feel like this is like a given that I've finally learned in my thirties of people put, they see the value at the value you put it at. And this is just in so many things, not just charging, you know, what, what is my worth for this service, but also our self-worth in general. And like you said earlier, it all comes back to us because if you have a low self-worth, you're going to match vibrationally with the person that devalues you. So this just all goes back to that inner work again of like working on these limiting beliefs, working on these ancestral beliefs or beliefs we had in school or whatever it is identifying them. Cause I think a lot of times we're so oblivious walking through life, not realizing, wait a minute, what, first of all, let me identify the belief and then where did it come from and how can I change? And then once you start leveling up internally, it's like everything else comes energetically matching that. And it's just, it's such a beautiful process to watch because you talked about like Jillian of the school structure and you know, all these things that we've gone through. And then it makes us realize, like I grew up in a very organized religion 
that was now looking back, I feel like it was almost cultish. But by going through that and questioning and realizing like, this doesn't feel right. Like Mm -hmm. for me in my adulthood, I know now that that's not for me and all the different ways that I've been treated that I didn't agree with. Now I know that's not for me. So even though it sucks to have gone through it and like, why do we have these constructs and everything else? It really helps us to identify that that's a no for me. Let me try this different avenue. Just like you being told like, oh, if you can channel, this is what you're supposed to do. Well, you know what? That's not how I feel it's supposed to go. So I'm going to try a different route. And so that's just so beautiful that you you were able to have that awareness of like, "Mm, no, (laughs) I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Yeah. But you know, what's funny is like that awareness, it only hits you. I say we only change until we get absolutely tired of our own BS. That Mm. is the only time that we change. Why change when we don't really need to change, right? Why change when things are quietly working for us in the background, even if they're not really working, you know, Mm -hmm. we have to get so tired with the way things are in order for us to be like, I'm not doing this anymore. And so I think I got to that point and there was a lot of suffering, you know, before mm-hmm. I got there in order for me to realize, no, I'm done. I'm done. And, and having that sense of like saying I'm done, it was just the most freeing thing because it was like, I'm prioritizing myself again. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. You know, it's almost like that awakening of like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think what makes that also more difficult, I think, is being or being raised, shall we say, being raised female, right? I feel like that also makes it so much more challenging too, because you were saying like, you know, being of service, you shouldn't charge for service. And like literally like the stereotypical woman's job is to like have a full-time job at home for free, not be compensated in any way. And in fact, be like insulted, like be like, she's less than because she doesn't earn money for the, all the work that she's doing. And so when you compound that with the, you know, the spirituality and that if you're being spiritual, you should, you shouldn't be compensated for your energy is it creates such a, excuse my language, like such a mind fuck. Like it really creates these, these really challenging structures to break through. Um, and I know, you know, and I've, I've, I've seen it like both in myself and both with other people and it can end up creating this dichotomy where there's people who they're waking up to their gifts. They want to be of service, but of course they need to live like they need to make a living, right? Like, Oh, heaven forbid that you be able to meet your own needs. Heaven forbid that you can buy groceries. <laughs> like, um, So we have that on one side, right? And then the other side we have, especially for female entrepreneurs, this, this conditioned role of like, not of like just giving and giving and giving and giving, giving and giving, giving and never, never being depleted. You shouldn't ever deplete. You just give until there's nothing left and then you die. Um, <laughs> right. That's so true though, right? but yes. Yeah. Oh. Um, but then on the other side, like you need to meet your own needs. And so what I've been witnessing, especially because, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like Iris and I are are adjacent to this. Like maybe we're not doing coaching, but we're still in the spiritual sector. And a lot of our clients are people who are spiritual coaches and they are, they are looking for ways to shift this conditioning and shift this blocking. And they're using crystals as like, as tools to help them and support them through that. 
Um, so I get a lot of people asking these type of questions and I, I've, I've heard a lot of stories from my own clients and, and there's people who are feeling, they feel shame for charging because they should be of service and they should be able to offer all of this for free. And like money makes mm. things dirty and evil and they should be above mm. that and not charge. Right. And then there's some that are being guilted by others. Like they feel like, okay, I should be able to make this, but then everyone around them is guilting them. And so now they're carrying this guilt. And then there's others who are just completely overextending themselves. Like you were before where you're, you're giving and you're just feeling depleted all the time, but you know, you're supposed to be doing something like this, but why are you feeling depleted? And there's confusion there. And then in the worst case, people feel this call and they try it and they can't meet their own needs. And so then they give it up. And then Mm. how heartbreaking that is. And so what, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but I guess like what, in your opinion, specifically needs to change? Like what permissions do we need to give ourselves Mm. and how, how can we do that? And I know it's going to be different for each person, but at least in your experiences with your clients, like what have you found has been most beneficial? Yeah, I think for sure the, the first thing, if we can, that, you know, that we can all do if we're open enough and willing enough to, to look at ourselves is we can start to analyze the beliefs that we have. Now, a lot of people, because one of the things that I offer is subconscious reprogramming. And, and you know, I really want to touch on this because the subconscious is 95% of our brain processing, right? So until the age of seven, we are in a theta brainwave state, which is why kids are like sponges. They see something on TV. They see people crying across the street. They like see their parents arguing. Those all become subconscious programs, right? They're just watching and absorbing, watching and absorbing. By the, by the age of seven, that has already been cemented as your, you know, lifelong subconscious programs. Now, later on, you could go through life experience, um, go through a traumatic breakup or like have to move suddenly or like a, something traumatic in your life that would cause another kind of program to be inserted. But, um, I really want to bring that up as, as key because a lot of these things like how we've been kind of talking about before things like worthiness, right? Feeling worthy. Um, what does that look like? Feeling worthy of love, feeling worthy of money, feeling, feeling like you can manage money, right? How, how did we grow up in households where, where was money talked about? Who had the power over the money? Um, was money something that I saw my parents like struggling after to make ends meet? What beliefs am I getting about money and, and my relationship to it? Um, and I'll just talk about money in the, because of the sake of the conversation. But all of these things become subconscious beliefs. And the subconscious is 95% of our brain processing. So throughout life, here we are going, you know, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to charge. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I, I want to charge what I'm, what I'm going to do. And I'm going to follow my dream. And suddenly it's like, we try so hard, but we're only trying with 5% of our brain. 95% is our subconscious mind that has all of those beliefs, those foundations. It's like our software, right? It's the foundation to who we are. The 5% is our conscious mind. And that's, you know, that is the mind that is the creative mind. We're able to go into past and in future. We're able to say, okay, what did you have for breakfast? We're using our conscious mind to remember what we had for breakfast. But our subconscious mind, that is our autopilot. That is our autopilot. So here we are going, I'm so conscious and aware, and I'm living my life intentionally. Well, we can try as intentionally as we want, but is your life changing? And if Mm -hmm. it's not changing, there is probably 
a program there or a set of beliefs that are keeping your life the way that it is. And so I'm not telling you that you have to go to like, um, get like, uh, a tapping session done or, or even a subconscious session done. You know, there are different subconscious modalities to help transform these, but I say the easiest thing that everyone has access to is, um, just look at the way your life is now. Look at your love life. Look at your bank account. Look at your relationship with work. Look at your relationship with your parents. Look at your relationship to yourself. Is it the way you want it to be? And if not, it's showing you there is some subconscious program there that is making it the way that it is. And, and that's the thing that is, I think, the hidden culprit in every area. Wherever we want things to change when it's not changing, it's showing us there's a subconscious belief there or a program there that is keeping us stagnant, right? It's keeping us still. And until we address those subconscious beliefs and programs, we won't be able to really make that foundational change and that create that momentum, you know? So, so what I would say to people just as a starting point is you don't have to go to a hypnotherapist. You don't have to get like a subconscious core certification done. Just look at the way your life is now. Is it the way you want it to be? Okay. And let's use the example of money and relationship to your business. How do you feel about that? Are you getting the clients that you want? Are you, you know, uh, charging what feels good to you? Um, why doesn't it feel good to you if it doesn't, right? Um, how would you feel about charging more? How does that make you feel internally? Do you feel guilty? Do you feel shame? Do you feel unworthy? Or do you feel who am I? Calling these things out is really important. Otherwise, it just becomes an unconscious mess that just stays in our subconscious and we can't change it. And the only thing that we can change is when we're able to label what it is and, 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 you know, see it and get clarity. So I would recommend you can even like journal, uh, you could talk out loud if you're someone that likes to talk and, and it's helpful for you to like record things on your phone and just kind of talk it out loud as like a soundboard, do that, but just find a way to make it very clear to you what's holding you back and why you think that is, um, and what I would often say is sometimes people get stuck in the why, you know, so people would get stuck in, well, um, why can't I charge more? I don't know why. I'm not asking you to go back into your childhood to figure out, you know, why wasn't your dad paid enough at work? You know, I'm not asking you to go and find that thing because that thing is, is the past. But it's that past and how you absorbed it that is creating your present. It's the pattern that matters, not necessarily what formed the pattern. Yes, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. And so, and so maybe ask yourself the other end of the question. Well, how would I feel if I charge this amount of money? Go very high on a high end of the spectrum. Oh, look at what that, oh that experience <laughs> brings to you, right? And then maybe we'll look at, well, wh who would I be if I were to charge that amount? Oh, and then all these other beliefs come in. Mm. Oh, I'd be seen as selfish. Oh, I, I wouldn't be able to like, offer service. Well, what does service mean? Well, no. Well, I wouldn't be able to, I don't know if I can take charge of that much money. I don't know if I can manage that much money. I have to give more in tax. Oh, secondary gain. Okay. There's a, something you're gaining here from keeping yourself at the level that you're at. And this is what I mean about anyone can do this. You just have to be really willing to look at yourself. And like I said, you know, we work at the level that we're ready to. So we, I think we have levels of like when we get tired of our own BS. 
And, and, and they continue to grow, right? So it's like you hit, you hit a certain number and you're like, yeah, this feels good. I'm glad I accomplished that. And suddenly something else comes up and you're like, oof, well, I don't need to look at that right now. And it's <laughs> fine. You, you don't need to look at it right now, but it, there will come a time where it'll just keep happening and you'll get tired of it. And then you'll have to look at it again. Um, so I think charging for things in your business or going about what that looks like for everyone is so different. Um, hopefully I've offered kind of an example of how to do it, um, by just, ex- just assessing how your life is now. And that's something that you can do by just looking at it, right. And maybe writing it down, take stock of, of not necessarily even what's in your life, right? Like not necessarily the number that's in your bank account. Although if that's important to you, then yes, but more importantly, how does it make you feel like what, what reactions come up within you? What sensations come up within you when you look at those things? And when you're able to question why you feel that way and, and then continue to kind of dig deeper and dig deeper and it can get kind of heady. So remember to take breaks, you know, you're not going to get this done overnight. Um, and that's okay. You know, you don't need to. Um, I think it's important to remember that whatever kind of personal work that we're doing, we're doing it at a pace that feels good to us and is both safe, but also you know, it's pushing us in our, in our, in our boundary a little bit to grow. Um, and that's personal for everyone, right? So just keep in mind, if you can continue to do this in a compassionate and loving way, while also trying to push yourself a little bit more, because we don't push ourselves a little bit outside of what feels comfortable, we don't grow. Um, I think anyone can, can assess or at least get clarity on what those beliefs are. And then once we have clarity on what it is, it really doesn't have control over us in the same way. Um, and then we can start making those changes. I think it's so beautiful a way to look at it is basically, I read this quote when um, I was I was in Bali last year for my birthday, I did a solo trip. And at the time I was feeling, you know, I have this successful crystal business. I think Jillian and I had already, had we started the podcast yet? No, yes. we didn't start till January think, this year, right? No, but we had we were like we were like starting it. Was, it. it was it was marinating. in the works. Yeah, yeah, it was in the works. But I just felt like ah, oh, I, I I don't know what I, I want to do more. Like I want to help more, and like I I don't know. I just had this feeling of like lack within. And then I read this quote in one of the books by Rebecca Campbell, which I like. I'm obsessed with her mm. books, but it was the world is your mirror. And I literally read it I was as I was outside at this beautiful resort in Bali overlooking the jungle on this solo trip. And I'm like, I'm already doing it. Like, I'm already doing all the things that I need to be doing. Like, look how far I've come compared to where I was five years ago, 10 years ago. And then just having that realization. So I think the fact that you're saying, if we take our own investment of our relationships or our home, our bank account, whatever it is, and it's anywhere we don't want to be looking back in, I think so many people will look out like, oh, well, this, this situation and this person, and this is why this is this. Okay. Mirror. What needs to be healed within so that you can experience and be at where you want to be? And I think it's just, it's actually, for me, it has been so empowering of an outlook to know that, okay, if this isn't in alignment, if this keeps bothering me, I know I need to go inside and figure out why. I no longer need to put the blame on others. I need to go outside or inside, excuse me, and work through that. And I love how you Mm -hmm. said in, you. I forget the specific terms, but 
in gentle, almost like in gentleness and in a loving manner rather than a judgmental, because I would always take the other approach of like, why are you this way? And why am I, you know, blaming, then I'm blaming myself. I'm no longer blaming someone, but then I'm putting this like hurt and shame. So realizing everything you're saying, is just so beautiful and I love it. And thank you. <laughs> no, it's an honor for me. And I, and I so appreciate that you share that as well, because I think that's the number one thing that's really overlooked. You know, we call this industry spiritual, personal growth, right? Self-help, self-improvement, right? There's all these kind of like associations with it that it's something that we are not good enough as we are Mm -hmm. and that we are striving to be something better than how we are. And I think that's the other matrix-based program that's kind of come into this space, which is to me spirituality and personal growth is the foundation of that is learning to accept and love yourself exactly where you are. Because if you're not able to do that, then there's no way you could grow. And, and the growth that comes is not because you were worse before the growth that comes is as a result of how much love you poured into yourself. You know, like I think about like, you know, my, I don't want to talk about my personal life, but I'll give it as an example. Like my relationship with my partner, it's because of how much love and faith that he reflects and shows back to me that allows me the courage to go into those areas that I feel uncomfortable and unsafe in. Love does that. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to have it from someone else, but you know, the experience even of someone else loving us or appreciating us or accepting us The reason why it feels so good is actually because it's a reflection of the depth of our own ability to do that. And so when someone else gives us that and it's like, oh, oh my God, yes, this person loves me or this person accepts me and it feels so good to be loved and accepted by them. It's well, the only way you could feel that is if you knew what that felt like within you. So it's really a reflection of your own ability to accept and love yourself. So I think if we can find ways to do that and make that the foundation of of our personal growth, of our spirituality, that it's never something that, you know, we have to bully ourselves into or shame ourselves into, because I think we lost the plot. I don't think that that's what it's about. I, I think all of this is about becoming whole. And, and the reality is we already are. And it's about breaking down the parts of ourselves that said we're not. And, and we can do that through meditation. We can do that through subconscious reprogramming. We can do that through human design. We can do that through channeling. We can do it through so many other things. But those tools, those modalities are just a reflection of, again, reminding us of, oh yeah, it's in me. I'm mm-hmm. it. I'm what I'm what I've been looking for. <laughs> so and it's so and it's so beautiful and powerful when we can start to remember, well, why are we in this space to begin with? You know, it, it, we're in it because somewhere and I can't speak on everyone else, but for me it was definitely I see a lot of a lot of healers that are in this space are actually, you know, an attempt to learn how to heal themselves right? And everyone that wants to help other people is because they themselves have experienced such sorrow and such struggle and devastation that they don't want anyone else to experience that. 
And so in a lot of ways, the reason why we do what we do, right? I think someone said it. I heard someone say it once. It was like, our mess is our message. Um, Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good line. <laughs> oh, chills. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but it's true. You know, it's like everything that we've gone through is not just for us going through it. It's because there's medicine in there for not only ourselves, but for so many people. And so we'd be doing a disservice to not show up with our message, with our offering, but also with the energetic exchange that is necessary in order to receive that. Just like, and, and scene. That was just <laughs> so perfect. Woo. Um, yeah, no, I mean, we literally, I feel like every person we've interviewed on this podcast, every single healer, light worker, spiritual coach, all started out because they were trying to heal themselves. Yeah. And now they're using those same tools to help heal others and not even heal others, help others heal themselves and do the self work. It's beautiful. We're all mirrors of like each other's divinity. Mm -hmm. And we just get, we could just get caught up because we're still using third dimensional principles in a paradigm that those things can't sustain. Mm -hmm. And we're like fighting for them. Yeah. We're fighting for them. <laughs> we're like, we're like, no, I, this is a service. I cannot charge. This yep. person needs my help. It's like, the way I see it is if that person was actually aligned for you to serve, they would have the resource that's available that you need in order to give that service in order for them to get the results that you're here to get. We're not here to work with everyone. Mm -hmm. I've accepted that. I'm not here to work. And I'm very open. I'm very open about it. I still get messages of people saying, do you have sliding scale? Do you have... Um, you know, are you willing to give me a discount? And they're such amazing beings. I know that they are. And, and I also know that the things that I have priced at the price points that I have them at is not because I'm sitting on my high horse being like, well, you got to pay me. Like, no, it's because on some level, that amount that I've set is kind of like an energetic protection in, and, and kind of a, um, a unique code that will only align with people that have that unique code. Because that's exactly, and, and what I mean by that is like, they also have the resource to not only pay for it, but they want to do the work, mm -hmm. you know, that's part of the reason why I changed to like, not just doing channeling sessions anymore. Cause I would people, people come to me who were so looking outside of themselves and said, Oh, if only I just got the Pleiadians take on what's going on, I know it'd be perfect. And I'm like, well, they're, they're here to guide. I mean, they're going to give you suggestions, but they're never going to tell you, choose this, don't choose this. And I'd have people like visibly upset after a session because they're like, they didn't tell me what path I should take. And I'm like, well, they are just an extension of you. You know, the guides brought in this beautiful thing one time when I was channeling. I can't remember when, but it really stuck with me. And they said, you know, the fact, you know, you look at us and you say, well, these beings are so wise and they're in another dimension and they're so ethereal. And wow, wouldn't that be nice to just be like them? And what for, we're forgetting is that the reason that they even come through and, and communicate in that way to us is because they are a reflection to us, of us. And, and we are also equally as wise. 
And, and the reason why we feel resonance to what they're expressing is because that resonance is equal to our own wisdom. Mm. And so these beings aren't really outside of ourselves. They are, like I said, they are reflections of us, of the potential of who we are. And the reminder that we are love at the end of the day, that's where our baseline is. And it's a coming home for us to that. And so back what I was saying about charging certain things, I say it with so much love when someone asks me that. And I do have different price points for different things at my website, on my website and on my SoundCloud. I have free content as well, but I never make it feel anymore like it's a shameful thing when someone comes to me and I just don't have the capacity to do that because I also see it's not, it's not a match. If I were to work with them, who knows if they'd actually get the right transformation. Maybe they need to work with someone else who has a different energetic signature than me. Hmm. And so we do, we put ourselves in our own way when we try to, you know, for whatever reason, you know, feel guilted or shamed into then lowering our prices or, or, um, trying to go about this in a different way when really we're just wasting our energy because the universe is going to keep that, you know, has got that person's back as well. That's what we're forgetting. We're all taken care of. Yeah. We're all taken care of. So, cause you brought up sliding scale and I, and you know, the way they're explaining makes, makes perfect sense, but I am really curious because is it always an example of compromising your value or is, is reparations to historically harmed community something that is actually that should be worth considering when one is pricing, or is it really just a matter of this is what feels right for me. I feel like this is something I should do. So I'm going to offer it, but if it doesn't feel aligned, then you don't. And it's just really that simple. <laughs> I mean, I think it's that simple, but only because I've gone through what I've gone through and mm-hmm. I've realized that at the end of the day, and I've changed my prices many times and I'll continue to, because it's only based off of what feels good now. And I can mm-hmm. only know what feels good now. Now, I know that right now I am not in the position to help, you know, historically underserved communities. And I will own that. Like I, that's the other thing is I feel like there are people in the spiritual space that are like, Oh, when black lives matter happened, it's like suddenly they're posting about it all of a sudden. Like I grew up doing activism work. Like, well, I, I mean, literally... and also like you yourself are a woman of color. like, that's exactly. Like... <laughs> Exactly. Um, but, but this is what I mean is I feel like there's still a lot of like tiptoeing in the community Mm. when it comes to things like charging and what it looks like when a big social unrest, social injustice happens and suddenly everyone's posting a black box, you know, but like what other steps are they taking? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And like, and, and, and it is to say you are not here to serve everyone. The people that are really, really interested and feel called to serve the communities that they're called to, to feel, ser- to feel called to show up in the way to their business that they're, that they're called to is because that's what they're called here to do. And, and why can't we accept that? Hmm. You know, why can't we honor the fact that if someone is supposed to do like, you know, I've been asked to do like a in-person retreat so many times by my community. I have no desire right now. No desire. 
I, I, I really, I don't at the point of my life right now and the projects that I have going on, it's too much. I can't take it. I can't, I can't physically hold a space. So that would be like not serving me or them. But people that love doing in-person retreats, I have a friend of mine and she does like an amazing yoga trauma informed like workshop and she's so amazing at it, but she does it in her home and, and she loves that and she's so good at it. And so I'm not going to go up to her and say, well, you should do work online. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you should only do private sessions. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and I think it gets a little activated and triggering when it comes to like, to, to looking at the fact that there are people in this world who don't have as much as we have, who don't have the privilege that we have. And then somehow it gets in the conversation of how, how we, as service-based, we're offering a service. We should be able to serve everyone. But we're not everyone? necessarily here to serve everyone. No. There's a lot of people out there. There's billions of people. You can't serve and, and, everyone. <laughs> No. And it takes all of us, you know? So again, so why are service-based industries, spiritual industries that shouldn't be charging, then getting flack for not serving certain communities that they themselves know in that point of time, they're not here to serve. And can that be okay? Can that be okay without judgment? And again, all of this, like looking outside and why aren't you doing anything? And why aren't you donating? And why are you the... Why aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I haven't ever gotten that. I will be clear. Like I've never gotten any kind of like response like that to myself. But I, I think on some level it's because people pick up on the, on the energy and the intention of why we do what we do. Do you know what I mean? And if we're always leading with love, it's going to be very hard for a very negative vibration of projection to come through with that. So again, it's like, like you were saying, Iris, like everything's a mirror, Mm -hmm. including the the negative stuff. Not always though. I don't think it's always a mirror, (laughs) but yeah. Thank you. I feel like that's such a beautiful answer because it's true. Like if you're feeling, if that is something that you feel is right for you, then great. And if it doesn't, then you know, as, you know, as long also, as we're contributing in the way we're called to contribute, then things in general will get better. Yes. And, you know, there's this thing of like, because of the nature of the world that we live in, because we have access to social media and constant access, way too much access to what else is going on in the world. Yeah. It literally like interrupts our nervous system. And we ourselves then cannot function. Mm. So imagine being constantly reminded about how a particular community is being underserved, having that constantly in your face, no matter where you look, because now everyone's playing into it. Everyone's trying to show their solidarity, as an example. Everyone's trying to like show that they're good and they're signaling that they're good and they're a part of whatever's going on and they, they, they do not stand for it. It's like, do we need to have a say in what's going on in the world regarding everything? Mm-hmm. Think about that alone, how that siphons your energy. Oof, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It makes me so exhausted. And, and to just show that I'm in solidarity with someone, I mean, does, does, me, does doing that 
actually help those people that are being harmed? I don't know who I'm trying to show when I do that, which is why I don't do that. But I'm, I'm making it a point to whoever listening to really ask yourselves, like, just because something's happening in the world, do you feel honestly, authentically called to share something about it? I feel like we're trying to be poked from the outside world telling us we have to have a say. We, what's what are, what are, what's on your mind, right? Is that the, that Facebook thing? I don't really use Facebook anymore, but it's that like that when you write a status, it's oh, like, what's yeah. on your mind? It's like we're being poked in all these subconscious, unconscious ways to have an opinion about something or to take a stand about something when we don't even realize that like, ugh, if we play into that game, the world will never change. It'll never change because so long as we continue to talk about something in the same consciousness with which it was birthed, we can't raise it to another frequency. Mm. That being said, I do think there are people here where physical protest is energetically correct for them. Mm -hmm. You know, where being like, like being a senator or being like someone in the political sphere is energetically aligned for them. But it's about us asking ourselves, taking our power back taking our attention back to us and saying, well, what can I do? There is so much hurt in the world. There is so much harm in the world. What can I do to help alleviate that? What am I called to just, do? Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. Instead of wasting all of our energy being like, having the energy like sucked out from <laughs> us because someone's poking us and telling us, well, what's on your mind? What do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you think about what's going on? Have, constantly bombarded with so much information. Or having us like, constantly in a state of reaction because then you can't ever yes. have intentional choice. You can't make yes. intentional decisions if you are in a constant state of reaction. Yes. Which I think is the biggest thing with social media. Mm -hmm. Completely, completely, absolutely. And it's a, it's like a contest of, you know, comparison. And I know. That was one of the other things I, I wanted to... I wanted to bring up, but you know, I, I had, I didn't, yeah, cause I didn't see it, but anyways, but that was one of the big things also like with, with spiritual entrepreneurs is, is the other half of it, the under, the, you shouldn't charge anything. Right. And then there's like the Joe Dispenza's and the boss babes and like all these people that are like, look how successful I am being spiritual. And like, you can do this too. I made six figures in five months. Like this whole, I guess six figures in six months is probably better sell line, but we also get bombarded from the other side of like, you either can charge nothing or you must be intensely successful. And your success is a reflection on how spiritual you are. And if you're not mm. intensely successful, if you aren't making like millions of dollars, then you aren't actually spiritual enough. And again, I think it's what you were saying before. It's social media really brings back that like compare and despair mm -hmm. and that you aren't enough where you are and that you are never enough where you are because there's always going to be someone who's quote unquote more successful according to the matrix that we're living in. And mm -hmm. I think that's such another huge example of the way that spiritual entrepreneurship is still living by the old matrix. It's still living and it's, and mostly, right. The, the top tier people, shall we say, right. Like the Joe Dispenza's, the like, who are the people that I, I made a note of? Um, and, and some of these people are like incredible, right? Like Eckhart Tolle, sure. Like Deepak Chopra, sure. But like, first of all, most of them are men, 
which I think is very interesting that they're allowed to be successful in a spiritual sector. And other than that, but it's like the women who made them successful, right? Oh, like Deepak Chopra would be nothing without Oprah. Like she put him on the map. Like, and I know people kind of, you know, tease about Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop and whatever, but like, she literally made this mainstream. Like she's the one who brought it to millennials and said, Hey guys, crystals are cool. We should pay attention to this. So, you know, and I, and it's not just her, but I think there's something to be said for a big part of the growth of spiritual entrepreneurship. Most of the people who are in it are women, but the only people allowed to be truly successful are men, first of all. And then second of all, the ones who are still like in social media level of success, shall we say, it's still this whole old matrix mentality of how many followers do you have? Like, how big is your launch? Like these things, it's like, is that actually an accurate reflection of the impact that you are having as a soul? And those are such different things. And so Mm. it's so easy to fall into this trap of, I have to do, like, I can't charge anything or I have to be insanely successful according to this old, this old program of what success means instead of again, reflecting back on what do I need? What feels aligned for me? And having that be the measuring stick, what feels aligned for me? What am I being called to do? And Mm. that it, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I totally love what you said about like those measurements of like what the matrix has told us means success. Mm -hmm. Because if we're in an industry that is here to literally create a new earth, (laughs) then why are we going by measurements of an old paradigm that we want so badly to move out of. And like I said, I think it just takes a little bit of time because obviously we have our human tendencies, right? And we do have needs and money is a part of the world that we live in for now. And so there is a transition period, but I think when it comes to things like, am I making enough of an impact? You know, I really truly feel that if we are to just work on ourselves, you know, that's the greatest gift that we could give to the world and talk about an impact, right? Because it's like, I can't change all the people that are like harming people in the world and like are, are, are mean and, and aggressive and just, you know, evil, you know, I can't change that, but I can change one person. I can change one person. And that means whoever I come across, whether that's the cashier at the the supermarket or, or the person that I pass by on the street or my partner, like I can change the effect that I give off to that, to those people around me and the people that I work with. And like, we don't see how powerful that is because we've been taught that it's not calculated. You can't calculate that. You cannot calculate that you being a nice, genuine, good human means you're making an impact. And I think while true, you know, you can't calculate it per se, but I think you can. You know, I look at all the people that are awakening to some degree or another and I'm not saying that I, I'm like standing here on the sidelines being like, I caused that, but, but you contributed. We all did. Whoever is like, you know, even listening to this right now, it's like you also contributed and are contributing to this great awakening happening on our planet. Like go us, let's continue. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's the measurement of success Mm -hmm. is how is what's going on in the collective? You know, is it like, 
what's going on in terms of the, the industry that I'm in? Oh, there's more people that are creating their own business. Good for them. Yes. They're there serving the people that they need to serve. Great. Now I have less off my plates. Now I have less shame and guilt because <laughs> I know they're going to be doing and serving the people that they need to serve. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Well, I think this is normally the time where Iris and I have like crystal recommendations for the topic at hand, mm -hmm. but is there anything else, Layla, that you feel like needs to be shared or that you want to share just in case? I mean, I feel like you've said so many beautiful, succinct <laughs> things. I just, just want to double track just in case. No, <sighs> I just, you know, to whoever is listening and, and, you know, is feeling resonant or, you know, is curious about any of the things that we talked about in this, you know, on this podcast right now, you know, take these conversations into your own life, you know, cause that's, that's a part of it. If you're interested in something, if you want to talk about something, take it, take it out into your own life and see, and see what other people have to say about it. Cause that's the number one thing is like, gosh, I think the awakening would have happened much quicker, but we're all like hidden in the spiritual closet. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And and here's at least what I found is like, you know, people that don't necessarily understand what I do, I say who I am because I know so sure that this is who I am. And I have that level of acceptance and that level of love for myself that they're not going to negate it. And, and that's, I think, the true thing about going out there in the world and being yourself, you know, whatever it is to you to be yourself, it's like... If, if you're, if you're introducing yourself, if you're going out in the world and just with a full acceptance and love for who you are and who you be, no one can deny that. No one can. And, and that's what we need more than ever. Like, no offense, you guys. Time is of the essence. Time <laughs> is of the essence. Like, <laughs> we need to, we need to, it's not that we need to even wake up. We're awake. We just need to own it. We just need to own it. Mm -hmm. This time. That's it. <laughs> That's all I will say. I love it. We're already awake. We just need to own it. Um, that's so beautiful. So crystal wise, <laughs> some of the ones that I'm recommending, I think for what we were talking about, um, it actually wasn't in here for my initial, for my initial recommendation, but I think, I think it is apropos, which is Rose Quartz. Rose Quartz is all about self-love mm. and self-awareness and it also can be other things. It can be divine love and familial love, but especially, especially self-love and just full self-acceptance and loving yourself exactly as you are. And I think that's, it's, it's like one of those basic crystals, but like it's basic for a reason. It is a staple. We all need this all the time. So I think that would be a fantastic one in terms of like the actual entrepreneurship. I think Pyrite, citrine, and sunstone are all going to be really, really mm -hmm. supportive and helpful. Um, pyrite has really lovely, like willpower, initiatory energy. It's really great for having the courage and feeling empowered to take action and to do what you know is aligned for you. Um, and it also brings in wealth, which is fantastic, helping you feel like you can charge what you're worth. Um, and then citrine is almost like the other, the other half of that. It's really brings in that wealth and abundance by helping you realize exactly your own value and that you are worthy of whatever it is you want to charge. You are worthy of whatever it is you feel called to do and bringing in financial support because you are aware of your value and of your worth. 
And then Sunstone, I think is just a really fantastic, it's, it is more masculine energy. And I know we're talking about female entrepreneurship here, but Sunstone really does resonate with that energy of leadership, of empowered decision-making, of benevolence, right? Magnanimity, right? Like Mm. that, that knowledge of, I know that I am here to lead through service and that service does not mean that I am a servant. It means I am a leader and that really beautiful balance between the two. And then because it does have that sun energy, right? It still has a lot of that beautiful regality to it. It does have this um, lovely, like spiritual wise essence. And so I think sunstone is a really fantastic one. Anyone for, for everybody, but especially in this field. So those are my crystal recommendations. Beautiful. I love that. <laughs> oh my God. How nice. And then I always tie in the crystal formations because that's my passion. Um, and I feel like every episode I'm like, hmm, like I'll think of one formation. And then by the end, I actually have like printed I know. <laughs> up my book. I'm like, oh my God, I have so like, I literally have two pages, but I'm going to try and keep this brief. Um, <laughs> oh girl. <laughs> The number one, if you were going to choose one from this episode, it's almost for me the same of like, like Rose Quartz is the the all go to for the love and the self love. For me, Isis formation is like my number one for like, you want to stand in your power, goddess energy, self worth, confidence, all those types of imbuing so that you can feel confident to charge what you know you're worth. And Isis is basically quartz crystals. It's a type of quartz crystal and quartz crystals grow in six. So they have six sides, six faces. Um, Isis faces when one, or I've seen actually um, crystals that have three of them. An Isis face is instead of having six sides on the face, it has five and it looks like a diamond shape. Um, So that's the formation that I would recommend if you could only choose one. Um, if you can choose more cubic formation, so a cube and oh. sometimes they're polished or pyrite. Oh, pyrite cube. Pi- I was about to say pyrite um, cube. Yes. So think of a cube. It could be almost, uh, if you're holding it, like think of it as a block block in your life and meditating with it to figure out what mm. is that block that's preventing me from feeling like I have this, you know, I can charge this, identifying it, and then bring in these two formations, which are actually polished, which is egg. So an egg shape Mm, or mm -hmm. a knife or dagger shape. Both of those are really going to help us egg with, think of like new beginnings, getting rid of these old self-limiting beliefs. Same thing with a knife or dagger, like literally envisioning cutting it away from you. Like I no longer, I acknowledge, I see what this, using my cubic shape, I now realize what is blocking me. Let's cut it out of my life. Step in with your Isis power, goddess energy, and then tie in. There's a couple that are really good for abundance. So abundance formation, which is literally, it's a big point with points all around. That's going to help bring in that abundance, the money, the wealth, everything that you, you feel like you deserve, as well as a formation called cornucopia. It's one that's not very um, talked about, but if you think of Thanksgiving and that like um, elongated, almost like horn shape, I can't even think, but think of a geode, but really long. That's a cornucopia. And that's the shape that like brings in abundance. So both of those are going to help bring it all in. So my shortened version, hopefully it was short enough. No, it was beautiful. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm really curious about this cornucopia. I'm gonna look yeah. that up. I've Me actually too. only. Full disclosure: I've only had it in the shop once. But I mean, it's if you rare. find it, yeah, if yeah, you find it, get well, it, keep it. But here's here's the <laughs> other thing, right? Is like 
we're energetic beings. Crystals are energetic tools. Like it's nice to have the physical thing. Sure. But I mean, there's plenty of times that I'm out in the world and I like don't have the crystal for me in a certain situation. I'm like, oh man, I need this. And I like, just call the energy in, right? It's like, we're quantum beings. Like just call it in. Oh God, I cornucopia. I really could use you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Close your eyes, pretend you're holding it. I'm envisioning the one I had before. It was actually an apophyllite and I had some like still by, oh, it was so beautiful. Oh, wow. Anyway. I'm imagining that. That sounds beautiful. Anyways, so Layla, thank you again for being with us. If people want to work with you, um, what is the best way to get in contact? What are some of the things that you're offering right now? We would love for for you to talk about yourself a little bit. (laughs) More? More, (laughs) guys. How can people connect with you? Yeah. So, um, I have my website, which is lightwithlayla.com. Um, and I offer their, uh, personal growth sessions. And with that, it's, you know, you, you send me your intention of kind of what you're going through and what you want to work on, what you hope to get out of it. And depending on that, I will use the various tools that I have to help guide you through it because my most important number one thing is it's very important for me to feel like you are getting the transformation. I don't want you to walk out of there feeling like, oh, I feel still a lack of clarity. I don't, you know, or or you feel really good and then it's like fleeting. I don't want that to happen. So I really am in this for, for your personal transformation. So that's the most important thing for me, which is why I offer all these different tools and we'll use kind of a a mishmash of them. Smorgasbord. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, to, to help you reach your goals. And then I also offer separate from that human design sessions. And, um, in case you don't know what human design is, it's a mixture of, it's basically this, the science that tells you how you energetically operate. And if you're looking for a way to, you know, let's say to use your energy better, um, this is a system that I'd really highly recommend, um, because it also also gives us insight into where you're prone to being conditioned to the outside world, as well as how you authentically make decisions, what you need in order to feel secure in this world, um, what environment you're going to thrive in, or that's going to turn on your genius, um, even down to things like digestion, right? How to better digest food. So, so we can actually even just get a lot. And if you're, you know, listen to this episode and you're like, I'm a little bit confused still about, you know, the beliefs that I have, you know, maybe looking at your human design chart, we can help to analyze maybe what those beliefs are, mm-hmm. depending on the energy that's coming out in your chart. Um, so I love human design for that reason. So I also offer just separate, just human design uh, readings. And those are also about an hour, 15 minutes. Um, and then I also have light language activations, um, which are specific to, you know, they're kind of like, I call, I call them like a vibrational chiropractic adjustment. Um, not in the sense that you're getting like physically cracked, but that these frequencies are cosmic harmonics and they, they kind of repattern our cellular water. So the more that we listen to it, we're literally repatterning our water, which is then of course, repatterning our subconscious and just our our ways of being. So you can check that out as well on my website. I also offer um, channeled courses and and workshops, um, which you can also find on my website. And uh, I also am on Instagram at Light with Layla. Awesome. Thank you so much, Layla. This has been so like, 
Ah, just all the feels. My heart feels very expanded <laughs> right now. So thank you for being here and for sharing your light and your beautiful wisdom. It's just been an absolute treasure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for both of you for having me on. And um, I'm really, I feel so honored that I get to share in this way and talk about this, you know, topic. You know, a lot of people that ask me to be on podcasts, it's kind of all the same thing of like, what's your story and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm so tired of talking about myself. Can I talk about what I see in the world? <laughs> any, any so time. I really appreciate it. Anytime this. you have something you want to talk about, we are here for you. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Thank you. If those of you listening, if you enjoyed this episode and you have not yet followed us, please do so. That's one of the best ways following us and rating us is one of the best ways for us to continue getting out there. Um, so we are enabled to make more episodes for you. Um, you can find us. I mean, if you're listening to us, you've already found us, but you can find <laughs> us on um, Spotify, Apple Play, YouTube, if you want to see our beautiful faces. Um, and at Crystallizing conversations.com we're also on instagram and tiktok as well so thank you so much um thank you for being part of our crystallizing community and we will see you next time thanks, thanks everybody this concludes another episode of crystallizing conversations we are so grateful for every moment you spend with us whether that's listening in or connecting with like-minded friends in the crystallizing community. To find out how to join, visit us at crystallizingconversations.com, where you can also explore our memberships, which gives you access to bonus episodes, astrological forecasts, behind-the-scenes content, live Q&As, meetups, and more. If this episode resonated with you, you can deepen your exploration through our embodiment journeys, ranging from mini courses to guided meditations to applied practices, all curated to support your embodiment and integration of each episode's topic. Remember, every time you choose to heal and grow, the collective heals and grows with you. Thank you for crystallizing with us.